God, we love you. We thank you. We thank you for gathering us in your house this morning. We thank you for this church that you've given us. Thank you, God, for our pastor. Thank you for those who have come this morning from every household here. I pray blessings upon each household this morning. Provision and protection over each family and each household, Lord. We love you and we thank you for this time of worship. And we're going to continue in that as we say in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated.
Because a lie received, right? A lie received can cause deception yes. and it can cause you to be twisted, twisted in your mind and twisted in your thinking. But the truth is God's words, God and his words can change all that. Amen. Amen. He can change all that. Hallelujah. And the Lord can help move us from being twisted in our thinking to being set free. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't know if you're getting it, but you'll get it by the time this message is over. After three more hours of preaching, you'll get it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Praise God. I'm going to start this message off with really two fast or short scripture verses, I should say, from the book of John. The book of John, chapter 8. So let's just stand one more time before we can just read this verse, beginning at verse 31. Of the book of John, chapter 8, beginning at verse 31. To the Jews who have believed in him, Jesus said, If you hold on to my teachings, 
You are really my disciples. Then you will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. You will know the truth. And the truth will set you free. We overcome deception with truth. God's truth, right? Not any truth, but God's truth. Because it's his truth that will set you free. It's his words. It's his power. It's his authority that will set you free. That allows us to knock down and destroy the strongholds that are in our life. And take our thoughts captive. It's through Jesus. It's through his power that allows us to be set free. Jesus is the word. Jesus is the life. Jesus is the truth. And the truth will set you free if you allow it to be. If you allow him to lead you, lead your life and be guard, guided by the Holy Spirit. Father God, we thank you, Lord. Already so much, Lord, has been done already, oh God. We pray, Lord God, that you will just continue to open up our eyes, our ears, our mind, Lord, and to affect our thinking and to transform our hearts by your power, by your word, by your authority. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. You may be seated. Hallelujah. Now we know there's an enemy out there that, that wants to hurt you and wants to harm you. And this enemy wants to destroy you and devour you. The Bible says in, in 1 Peter 5, be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, right? Trying, looking, wanting to devour you, it says. Resist him, stand firm, stand firm in faith. Because you know your brothers throughout the world are, are undergoing the same kind of of suffering. We also know that the enemy comes to steal, to kill, to destroy. He's a liar. He's a thief. He wants to enslave us and imprison us and, and take us hostage. He wants us to take our eyes off Jesus, King Jesus, but don't allow him to do it. Don't allow him to do it. Yes, we allow him to do it. How? How? By, by not being self-controlled and, and not resisting the devil's schemes and the devil's lies, right? Not standing firm in our faith, it says. Not, not trusting in God Almighty, not trusting in the Lord, not trusting in his words. And we blame the devil, but so, so often it's us that really need to be blamed in so many ways. Because our thinking is depraved, our thinking is twisted, our, our hearts and our mind. And our life is just twisted in how, how we see God and how we see the world and how we see the church and how we see each other. So how do we fight this enemy? We resist him in faith by placing our trust and obedience in, in the Lord Jesus Christ. And we also know that we are not alone because our, others, our brothers and sisters throughout the world, they're going through these same type of suffering. So maybe that's encouraging to you. Ephesians 6 speaks about the armor of God. And verses 13 and 14 says, Therefore, put on the full armor of God, so that when the day of evil comes, church, it will come. And in many ways, it's already here. That you may be able to stand your ground. And after you've done everything to stand, stand firm. It says, stand firm then with the, with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. And, I, and I've done a message in the past on Ephesians 6 on the armor of God. But, but let's just focus on, on the belt for a little while. The belt of truth for a little bit longer. And let me be clear. We are to armor up. We are to stand firm. We are to stand up in our faith, right? And, and what God has for us. And, and too often our youth and, and our young adults especially are running around half-dressed. 
literally sometimes and figuratively, right? And maybe I'll address, uh, address some of this uh, modesty in, in some future messages. I don't know. The summer is right around the corner, which means a beach and short clothing and, and outdoor stuff that are happening, right? So be decent and dress decent. Um, that's, a, that's a little freebie right there, right? Um, so, but we're often not wearing the armor of God. We're not wearing His armor. We're not wearing it properly. And the Bible tells us to put on the armor of God. Not part of it, all of it. Put on the full armor of God and stand firm in your faith and in your truth and in His truth. Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around your waist. Take up the, the shield of faith and which you can extinguish the flaming arrows of the evil one. When you don't know God's truth, right? When, when we don't know his truth, we don't know his words. We start to lack faith and the enemy will come and hit us hard in so many different directions. We become vulnerable to him and to, to his attacks. When someone lies to you, deception is right around the corner if you don't know God's truth. If you don't know truth. Because when you receive that lie, it turns to deception. I don't know if you got that today. Amen. Deception. Deception. Receiving the lie. Deception. The lie doesn't initially hurt you or harm you. It's when you receive it that you're deceived. It's when you receive it, you become deceived. You're not deceived until you believe it. Until you believe the lie. Until you receive that lie in your heart and in your mind. Deception follows a lie. That's why we need to know the truth. And the truth will set you free. It protects us from deception. Without God's truth, we're twisted in our minds, deceived. And it will eventually leave us, lead us to uh, depravities and, and all forms of wickedness. This is why uh, there's such a moral decline and, and wickedness in, in this country because so many people are twisted in their thinking. They're twisted and they're deceived. Barner's study done in 2018 of those having a biblical worldview, uh, this report said that only 10% of boomers have a biblical worldview that's terrible. But then it gets worse. 7% of Gen X's and 6% of the millennials and, and only 4% of Gen Z have a biblical worldview. Horrendous. It went on to say that today's teens are less Christian and more confused. More confused about moral and spiritual truths than ever. And just through observation, we know these words are true. You don't even have to read a study. You can see it through observation. So many people without the Lord and they choose the lies of Satan and the world system instead of the truth of God. Romans chapter 1 is such a very uh, powerful book in the Bible, a truth book. It's, so, it's just so clear and it's so telling at what to happen when we deny God's truth. And, and you should read it more than just once a year. Uh, you should read this portion of scripture. And I'll just start beginning at verse 18. It says, the wrath of God being revealed from heaven against all the uh, godlessness and wickedness of men who suppress the truth by their wickedness. And since what may be known about God is plain to them, because God has made it plain to them, for since the creation of the world, God's invisible qualities, His eternal power, His divine nature have been clearly seen, being understood from what has been made so that people, so that men and women and boys and girls and young and old are without excuses. For although they knew God, they neither glorified Him as God, nor gave thanks to Him, because their Thinking became futile, futile, 
thinking was twisted and their foolish hearts were darkened. And although they claimed to be wives, they became fools and they exchanged the glory of an immortal God for images made to look like mortal men and birds and animals and reptiles. In other words, right, they became idol worshipers. And an idol is anything, right? Anything that replaces God. Anything. Um, the God of the Bible. Anything that replaces the God of the Bible. The true one living God. Hallelujah. And here are the results of, the, of not believing in the truth of God. Verse 24. Therefore, God gave them over to sinful uh, desires of their hearts. And sexual Im Im impurities for the degrading of their bodies with one another. They exchanged the truth of God for a lie. And worship and serve created things rather than the creator. Creator God. Creator who is forever praised. And we should forever praise him as well. Amen. Hallelujah. And so when you believe the lie, it turns to deception and, and eventually depravity, idolatry, and depraving of your body and all kinds of wickedness and wicked thoughts. And, and then God pulls back his provisions. God pulls back his protection and then gives them over to sexual uh, sins and sexual desires. And they become twisted and entangled in their thinking, in their mind, and they become enslaved to sin. That's the process. And so we are to stand firm then, right? Stand firm with the belt of truth buckled around our waist, knowing truth leads to freedom. So we must take action. We put on the armor of God. We put on the full armor of God. I wear mine and you wear yours. And we all have a job to do. Each one of us have a job to do. We all have armor to put on, designed specifically and prepared uniquely for you. Specifically made for you to wear, right? Don't try to wear someone else's armors. Don't try to wear someone's underclothes either. It's not a good, good business to do. Don't do it. Don't try to be someone else that you're not. Be you. Be your unique you. But do it in Christ Jesus. Amen. Not the world and the world standards. Do it in Christ Jesus. When Paul wrote Ephesians 6, he probably was chained between two Roman guards. They were all around him during that time. And so he's probably looking at them when he wrote this portion of scripture. At a minimum, he knew what they looked like, the Roman soldiers. He knew too well. And the Romans were, uh, their, their belt was made of, uh, to keep things in place. The clothing in place as well was meant to be the center of the soldier's armor and equipment. It held the sword. It held the rope. It held his knife in place and his money bag in place and many other things as well. And when a person uh, would gird their loins, uh, they would take out their outer garment and they would put it or their coat or their jackets, right, and place it inside their belt. This allowed them to move freely. And so while it kept, kept things in place, it gives them mobility, God's truth is just like that. Think about it. When, when trusted, when followed, when obeyed, it gives us boundaries. And yet it's freeing. It gives us mobility. Our belt of truth makes us battle ready. Don't leave home without it. Don't try to get into a fight without your belt on and have your pants fall down by your knees. That's not a good fight. And that's not the way we're supposed to fight either. Without the belt, you are not battle ready. And without your belt of truth, you're not battle ready. God's truth is central to the life of the believer. Hallelujah. It helps us fight and it keeps everything centered, right? His truth centered and ready for whatever the enemy brings our way. It keeps us sane as well. It helps us not to become deceived because 
When you're deceived, it often leads to all forms of depravity and wickedness, and it affects our thinking. When truth is twisted and received, we become twisted and deceived. Yes. Say it again. When we are twisted and, re and received, when we receive that twistedness, that lie, we become twisted and deceived. When truth is twisted, when truth, when truth is twisted, when that lie is received, we become deceived. You become, when you receive a lie, you become deceived. This is so important really to, to get, to capture, to understand. When you're told a lie, at that moment, you're not deceived. It's at the point that you believe the lie yes, yes. is when you're deceived. When you believe that lie, you are deceived, right? Deception follows the receiving of a lie. It's not the hearing of it. It's the believing of it. Jesus said, believe in me. Believe in me. If you hold to my teachings, you are really my disciple. Then you will know the truth. And then the truth will set you free. You need to know the truth for the truth to set you free. People just want free truth. They just want, they just want to go forward and be free. But you need to know the truth. You need to know the person. You need to know truth. And, be re and then you can have your healing. Yes. And when you fail to believe in God, you already failed in life. You already deceived in life. We fight the enemy. By believing God and God's truth. Number two, believe. Change your mindset. Change your mindset. And let me be clear who Jesus is. Jesus is the creator of the world. He's created everything that is seen and unseen. Jesus is the Messiah. And Jesus is God. Amen. So why don't people believe in God? Many reasons. But it often, I think, comes down to two, two simple things. They're not a child of God, meaning they haven't received Jesus yet. Maybe they haven't heard of him yet, but they haven't received him yet. We're all human, but we're not all children of God. And secondly, they're deceived because they reject his truth or both. Now, you don't, you don't have to be an unbeliever to reject his truth. You don't have to be an unbeliever to be deceived. But if you're not saved, well, you're already definitely deceived and twisted by already not receiving the Lord Jesus Christ. So how can a Christian be deceived? Well, it happens all the time. We know it. I'll speak more about this throughout this message in a sense. But when you're saved, you, you, you receive the Lord Jesus Christ. You, you are saved positionally, immediately. At that point of salvation, you're, you're saved. The point you, you receive Jesus, you're saved. You repent for your sins. You ask him to forgive you of your sins. You're positionally and immediately saved. At that point, the Lord is the Lord of your life. You're immediately saved. But your mind is not clear of all the years of hurt, all the years of damage, all the years of sin, all the years of baggage. And your mind needs to be cleared of that hurt, of that sin and that stuff. And you need to be delivered from all that stuff and all that junk or wrong way of thinking and all the many lies that you have received and, and put on yourself throughout your life. They don't immediately go away because, you're at, because you were saved. They don't just immediately vanish. Now some, some might say, well, we know stories of people who are immediately healed at salvation. Yes, that's true. We know that that happens. It happens in so many different ways. But often until you change your, 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 your thinking, your thinking patterns and what you're focusing on daily, your, your mind is still remembering all the things of the past. 
Sometimes 20, 30, 40 years later, remembers the pain, remembers the suffering and all the truth. It remembers all the deception, right? And so we need to refocus and change our thinking. And so many Christians, yes, saved, but they're stuck. They're stuck in the past. They're stuck in old tradition. They're stuck in wrong thinking, believing and remembering many of the lies that have been spoken over them. They're engaged in this action of Deception, and they don't even know it. They don't even realize it. And it leads them astray because they're deceived. Your thinking, uh, like your desires, it just doesn't change overnight. You can say, change. Just, it doesn't happen. Just like my diet doesn't just change overnight. I'm working on it. I eat. I eat some more. And the more I want to lose weight, I gain some weight. I'm focusing on the wrong things. I'm focusing on eating instead of living healthy. Right? Your taste and your body doesn't change overnight. It takes time to get there. and often takes time to change our behaviors. But we have to change our mindset. That's why I say change your mindset and you start changing your behavior. But if you never replace that negative thinking with godly thinking, right? Then you step left alone without God's truth. Now maybe you're saved, but your mind, your flesh... Still needs a transformation. It does. Remember, you put on the belt of truth daily. You do this daily. You buckle it up daily. You put it on around your waist daily. God, God says, think about these things. Think about what? Think about things that are excellent. Think about things that are praiseworthy. That's something that you do. You purposely do. You intentionally do it, right? Yes, you're saved. It, 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 it's, it's after salvation. You continue doing this, right? So at salvation, you do this. Where before you rejected this, you rejected this teaching, you reject this word, you reject God's truth. That's a problem. For example, you're a believer and maybe you're having trouble sleeping right now. Maybe you need to start listening to some worship music before you go to sleep and turn some other things off. Maybe you're having night terrors. So, so fill your mind with God's word. Maybe you're, during the day, right, you're stopping from going out, you're stopping to go, to go to work, and you're, and you're stopping from gathering with other people, right? Like, like we're doing now on Sunday, we do on Wednesday during our devoted time. Pray, ask God, who's the God of peace that transcends all understanding to guard your heart and mind in Christ Jesus. Ask Him to help you. Ask Him to deliver you. Amen? We need to refocus our mind and our thinking on what is excellent and what is praiseworthy. We need to focus our thinking on truth. Place our trust in our future in the Lord Jesus Christ. Our thinking doesn't change overnight. We need healing. We need deliverance. Philippians 4 says, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is, is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is praiseworthy, right, is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. But whatever you have learned or received or heard from, from me, right, or seen in me, put into practice. And the God of peace, and the God of peace will be with you. We need to put this into practice. What we have learned and received and heard, practice, we retrain and refocus our mind and our thinking on godly things, on good things, right? And he's speaking to Christians here. Paul is, is saying, put these things into practice. And then God's peace comes over you. And then you'll have God's and God's peace. So when you reject the truth, when you reject Jesus and his truth, you lose your peace. And you're actually pushing peace away. 
Oh, I need you, Lord. And you push him away. You give him a straight arm. So we need to be saved. Worldly, positive thinking. It might help you for a season. But it's a short season. If you're not saved, you cannot have God's peace that we talk about. And once you invite the Lord to be Lord of all, He's not just the Lord on Sunday or Lord on Wednesday. He becomes Lord of all. You don't just give Him your heart um, on one day and that's it. You, you give Him your heart and you give Him your head and you give Him your mind and you give Him your body and you give Him your, your life and then you start living for Him daily and ongoing. It's a forever thing. Eternity starts now. It's already started. You are already eternal being. You're going to be in heaven or hell with God or not with Him. You need to understand that eternity has already begun. It might look a little different for us. People say they're all in with God. But their decisions and their actions say otherwise. And many jump into the pool, but they want to start a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But they don't go under, right? They won't immerse themselves into greater things. They won't immerse themselves into the water. They get wet, but they're not all in. Maybe they dip their toe or they go knee high, but they're not all in. Your way of thinking needs to change. I always say we need a checkup from the neck up. Because a lot of times we got the heart right, but the head's wrong. His truth and his teaching is now what we must desire. We must be all in. Immerse yourself in Jesus. Immerse yourself in God's truth. Immerse yourself in God's ways. Get soaking wet in the Lord from head to toe. And allow the Holy Spirit to drench you with his love, with his power, with his authority, with his ways. But so often, how, how, can, you, how can you wear this truth and understand this truth if you don't know him? If you don't believe the truth or only believe part of it, that's why I always say partial obedience is sin. The idea of truth has been around since the beginning of time. The great philosophers have pondered this. Pilate questioned it right before he handed the Lord over to be crucified. In John chapter 18, verse 38, Pilate asked, what is truth? What is truth? With this, he went out to the Jews and said, I find no basis for a a charge against this man, against Jesus Christ. But it's for your custom to release somebody, a prisoner at the time of the Passover. Do you want me to release the king of the Jews? And they shout back, shout back, no, not him. Give us Barabbas. Barabbas has already been a person who is in a rebellion, who took place in part of rebellion. And and they, they think about it, they're twisted in their thinking. They're twisted. And people can be so twisted, right? Because Jesus, who is God, who is love, who is truth, who who did signs and wonders and, and the miraculous before them. He was a prophet. He was a miracle worker, the son of God. And yet they did not believe him. They did not believe the truth. In fact, they feared him. And they rather freeing him, they feared a known thief and a known rebel rouser. When you believe lies, you become deceived. And all types of actions and wickedness stems from that. Then Pilate took Jesus and had him flogged. Even though he found no wrong, Pilate punished our Savior anyway. The soldiers twisted together who were twisted in their thinking a crown of thorns and put it on his head and, and sunk it deep into his head until blood dripped out from the side of his face all around. And as soon as the chief priest and the other officials saw Jesus, they shouted, crucify him, crucify him. Twisted, 
Twisted lies become deceptions, which leads to depravity and all types of sin. What is truth? What is truth? So what is truth? As Pilate and those great thinkers of the past. But don't we ask many of these same questions today? What is truth? Who is Jesus? Is he God? How can, how can that be? Did he really resurrect? We wonder if he's God. We wonder if we have sinned so bad that he would not forgive us of our sin. If he's God, is he really the life giver? Is he really the one who can change my future? Is he really the one who can give me a new beginning? And if so, how does that all work? You just don't need to know how it all works. You just need to know Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. In the end, whose truth will you believe? God's or man or your own twisted thinking? Your own twist, twisted truth. My friend Ray, good friend of mine, doesn't live in the state anymore. He used to always say, truth is truth. Hey, Ray, if you're watching, right? Hey, Ray, good to see you also. Hallelujah. But he said, truth is truth. Truth is truth. It can't change. You can twist it and you can rewrite it. But truth is truth. No matter which way you look at it, it's truth. Today in history, we seem to rewrite it. It's rewritten. People have their agendas that they want to put forth and see what happens. So they rewrite history. We see it happening all across America today. Now let me say this. While truth is truth, if initially you have been believing a lie, it should be changed. I'm all for it. I get that and I believe that. But don't twist the facts. Don't twist truth to put forth your own political agenda. When that's done, we become liars. We become manipulators. We become deceivers ourselves. And when we believe the lies, we then become deceived ourselves. We are to know truth. Truth will set us free. Truth is truth. It cannot be altered. It is either truth or it is not. But you can twist the truth and you can debate the truth. For example, the great philosophers have been debating for centuries, what is the first cause? And so I submit to you today that I believe that the God of the Bible fits that bill. He always was. He was self-existent. He never changed. He had no beginning. He has no end. He fits the bill of the first cause that's always debated. And when you think about something that is created, it must have a creator. If it was designed, it seems to have a designer. When you think about something that was moving, you have to think, who pushed it? Who placed pressure on it, right? Pressure upon it to make it move. There's always something that was there before that something was there. As far back in time that you have to go, uh, we find God there. We find that He was always there. And so for me, it makes the most sense to me that God is the first cause, always was and always will be. And everything that is stems from Him that's known and unknown. God is the creator of all things. God is truth, God is love, God is life, God is holy, God is pure, God is good, God is just. And he gives grace and mercy to all of us and that should excite you. Hallelujah. Nothing can exist apart from him. He holds the world together with his powerful words. And then when we get that wrong, our thinking becomes wrong and futile and we no longer act upon um, the truth. We act upon our wrong thinking and then we further get ourselves off track and further get off, off course. 
That when you see um, and love God wrongly, you see and love wrongly. Oh, there's so many tidbits into that. I love this message right now, i got to tell you. Not because, because I, I'm part of it, but I've been dwelling on this for a really long time. But anyway, I'm just, the truth becomes twisted when you're focusing on lies. That's right. When a lie is received, it begins to deceive. When a lie is received, it begins to deceive. When you start the premise, your premise of thinking with the wrong premise, we, we typically end up in the wrong place. Genesis 1, the book of the beginning, starts off by saying, in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth. In the beginning God. Oh, right there. Right there from book 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God. In the beginning of time, God. In the beginning, God existed. In the beginning of earth, God. God existed. He's the creator of all things. And everything stems from Him, known and unknown. Nothing that is, was before Him. And He is the God of all truth. Psalms 31 verse 5 says, Into your hands I commit my spirit. Redeem me, O Lord, the God of truth. John 1 verse 14 says the word, the word. And who is the word? Jesus. Come on, church. Who's the word? Jesus. Jesus is the word. And Jesus became flesh and made his dwelling among us. And we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. It says. Grace and truth. Jesus is the word, full of grace and truth. Now get this, truth is not a philosophy. And truth is not reasoning. And truth is not just a belief system. Truth is a person. Yes, yes. Truth is a person. Truth is truth. And Jesus is truth. And the truth will set you free. See that verse differently. Jesus is truth and the truth will set you free. Now the Bible tells us that the Holy Spirit will guide you. In all truth. The Holy Spirit points you to Jesus. The Holy Spirit will convict you of all sin. The Holy Spirit will help navigate you in life. John 16, 13 says, When the Spirit of truth comes, He, he will guide you into all truth. The truth is truth. No matter how you twist it, it's truth. Even though people will try to manipulate and twist the truth, God's words, we stand strong on God. We stand strong on the promises of God. They're going to be right. Time after time and for decades and centuries, people have been trying to twist God's truth and twist God's words and say it's not true and say it's not so. And over and over again, they find themselves deceived and twisted in their mind and in their thinking. But when you receive a lie, because when you receive that lie, you become deceived. As long as a person rejects God's truth, they're deceived in their thinking. You just know that. It's not an accusation. It's just a fact. It's truth. They lack truth. And they lack insight and understanding. I don't care how smart they are. And too often, we hear this phrase, perception is reality. Perception is reality. And where there might be some truth in that, it's a lie. You might make it your own reality, but it's still a lie. You, you can keep saying it or speaking it over and over again or speak into the universe, but that doesn't make the lie more truthful. It makes you more deceived. That's how that works. And positive thinking, that can help somewhat, but it only helps for a short season, not a long season, not for eternity. For example, you're in a desert 
And you're lost for two or three weeks. No water, no supplies, no people around, no real hope. And then you start chanting, right? You start saying the positive things and speaking into the universe. I will keep living. I, I will keep living. I'm going on. I'm going to keep fighting. I, I'm stronger. I'm going to keep living. I'm going to keep... Oh, I make believe that I'm drinking some, some water and liquid and I'm eating some food. And I just do that in my head. I can be the most positive person in the desert. I can, I can then say, I'm going to just sit down because I'm so positive that I'm going to be saved and nothing will happen. Nothing's going to happen in too long by sitting there and doing nothing and being steeped in your same thinking and tradition and doing the same thing over and over again. Um, nothing good's going to happen. And the longer you go without food and water, the closer you come to death. The longer you stay away from truth, the closer you get to death. That's just the reality of your situation. Unless God intervenes and sends you help and saves you, you will die. That's your reality, regardless of your truth, regardless if you believe it or not. Your positive thinking in that situation can't save you. Food and water from God can save you. Someone else can, can help you. But rejecting the truth means you're rejecting life and death is certain. Twisted thinking won't save you just because it's a positive slant on life. Your perception doesn't change truth. It changes your belief and your thinking. If we believe a lie, we are deceived and therefore twisted in our thinking. Our perception is, is off, then our reality is off too. Lies contradict truth. I hope you get this today. Lies contradict truth. Deception follows a lie. It leads to the wrong thinking, wrong action, wrong outcome, wrong behaviors. And eventually your lies will lead to bad habits and patterns of thinking that leads to strongholds. Lies received after your thought process is going to skew and warp your thought process and your thinking and your behavior and your, your feelings that follows and your actions that follow. And you start actually building up walls of deception around yourself. And the longer you build and the longer you build these lies, the harder it is to believe God's truth and teaching and the harder it is to break these habits and, and these strongholds that caused it, uh, caused it in the first place. This is why the Bible says take, take your thoughts captive. In other words, don't meditate on the lie. Yes. We meditate on God's words and His truth and things that are praiseworthy and excellence, right? On things that are excellent and praiseworthy. And too often we fill our mind with garbage and we know the saying, garbage in means garbage out. Be careful, youth, young adults, what you watch. Be Everyone be careful what you watch, what you listen to, what you're filling your heart and your mind with. Especially our youth and young adults that are, that are kind of making the, the decisions of where they want to go when they grow up. Goes for everyone. What are you filling your mind with, church? Why are some of us out of our mind? Because we're filling our mind with garbage. What's your head talk? What's your head talk like? What is it? Is it a godly talk or worldly talk? For example, what are you speaking over your own life? I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not good enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not smart enough. I'm not good looking enough. I'm not good. Look in the mirror. Maybe some of you aren't so good looking. I don't know. But you know what the truth is? That's not truth in God's realm. You are beautiful to Him. And He's the one that matters most. Not what you see in the mirror. That doesn't matter most. What's your head talk? 
What are you filling your head with? Is it not wholesome? Is it not pure? Is it not holy? Are you not blessing yourself? Let me tell you, when you watch impure things, you're not blessing yourself in the process. That's right. It needs to be based on what God says about you, His truth. Today we see so many youth and young adults that twisted in their thinking. And our school systems in so many ways are broken and depraved in many ways, adding to the confusion and troubles. They live in a society where everything goes, everything's okay, everything seems right. What matters most is what's right for you, really? No, sin is sin, truth is truth, wrong is wrong. And the idea of your truth is truth because you say so makes it that way, that's nonsense. And, and that's right from the, the pit of hell. That's just nonsense. That's, that's a lie from the, from the enemy. Now the law might say something is okay. For example, killing babies in, in some states, it's okay. According to the who? I like to say according to who, but according to who? The World Health Organization, more than 1.2 million abortions were performed worldwide in the first 10 days of 2021. 40 to 50 million abortions performed worldwide each year. And now partial ab abortion, I don't believe is even in these numbers, but it doesn't matter, the number's too high, why? Because people say it's okay, no, it's not okay. It's depravity, you're depraved in your thinking. Thinking is okay to take a syringe and stick it in the base of someone's skull as a, as, as a, as a newborn. Yesterday we were watching something that like, it's not life. It's okay to destroy it, it's not life. And they give it other names. It's cells, it's a zygote, whatever. It's life. It is life. By whose definition are we going by, church? When a lie is left a lie too long, it grows legs and keeps going. And over time, if not corrected, it becomes deception and turns into habits and strongholds and a depravity and depraved mindset. 1 Corinthians 10. Write this down. 1 Corinthians 10. 3 through 5 is a great portion of scripture to understand. For though we live in a world, we live in the world. We do not wage war as the world does. The weapons that we fight are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish. Circle that word. Demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments. We demolish every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge and truth of God. We take captive every thought uh, to make it obedient to Christ. So the more lies you believe, the deeper the deception and the harder it is to break away from it. Every time you believe a lie, it's like placing bricks and stones around yourself and around your mind. And the longer you meditate and focus on these lies, the thicker and higher these walls are built. And obviously the harder it is to break down and harder to see truth. In fact, when we're deceived, we don't see clearly. People are deceived. They don't know they're deceived. If they knew they were deceived, they would change their way. If they knew they were deceived, they would do something about it to stop it. Deception affects what we see and how we think. It leads to behavior changes, bad habits, and strongholds. And too often we try to correct the habit, we miss the root of the lie. For example, when you see someone and they're drunk, you might say, that person should just stop drinking. If someone's on drugs, we might say, take away the drugs and they'll be okay. Maybe we say, if, if, if the guns, we take the guns off the street and, and violence will start going down. Maybe the person is dealing um, with so much stuff and junk, so that person goes to church. Hey, that's a good idea. Let's, let's go to church. 
Let's listen to some more worship music or even speak to a friend or a minister. And then they get a moment of, of release and a moment of peace, but it's only temporary because they didn't, never dealt with their root issue, what caused it in the first place, the dealer, right? They, they, we deal with the habit, but, but we're not dealing with the dealer or the abuser or the pain. They don't deal. And actually that's what we go after. We go after that so often. But we're not going after the root, the issue of, of the lies. And once deception becomes a habit or a stronghold, you just can't break it by passing a law or getting a next fix or taking some kind of a pain relief. It doesn't work that way. You have, you have to identify the lie, the root. And once it's identified, we can start destroying it and demolishing that stronghold in Christ Jesus. A military stronghold is a fortress. You need to understand that. You're either defending one or, or, you're, or you're creating one. And when you advance or try to take over one, right, you will then take the prisoner captive inside of it. But not before that. We try, we're, we're so far away from the stronghold that we're trying to take it captive. No, it doesn't work that way. You have to take over the stronghold and then take prisoners captive. We demolish it. How? Through the power of God, the words of God, the truth of God. And then we can take our thoughts captive, but not before that. Why do we even think we can take our thoughts captive if we're still... Um, if we still have all these strongholds and we're believing the lie, we must get to the root. We must get to the root that's messing with our, our mind, that messing with our thinking in the first place. And so many people, they want a quick fix. They want quick healing, but they don't want to spend time with the healer. They don't want to spend time with God. Replacing your wrong thinking uh, with right thinking takes time, work, and effort. Repairing, restoring, Replacing lies with God's words and truth, it takes time. We believe in God, His truth, His teaching. And then we can start tearing down strongholds. And we need to take our thoughts captive. And I'm going to tell you right now, even before I'm done with this message, there's people that need to hear this message today. There, there's a world out there that if they're not going to hear this message, you go out and you teach them this message about lies that are received. <clears throat> That will make you deceived. Received becomes deceived. As long as you believe the lie, you will live in strongholds and you will be deceived. Overcoming lies. Overcoming lies. How do we overcome the, the twisted lives of the enemy? How do we destroy strongholds? Let me give you three thoughts quickly to ponder and think about and then you should implement it. Study truth. Study truth, which is God's words, right? His truth. Read the Bible daily. Read it regularly. I often say read it from cover to cover, at least do it once a year and then do it again. The entire New Testament can be read in one day, one full day, not one hour. I say a day, you think one hour. No, read it in a day, but you go through the whole book. The entire Bible can be read or listened to in 72 to 75 hours, which is 15 minutes a day. I say that over and over again. And people say they have no time, right? They have no time. Um, but the truth is they make no time for truth. They have time for video games. They have time for work and college and school and careers and all these other things to be better off in life. So many other things get in our way. But no time for God, no time for His truth, no time for His words. And I, I won't embarrass anyone today, but I, I'd like to know, how long are you a Christian? And how often have you gone through the Bible? Cover to cover, not cherry picking it. And I'm not saying you have to go from the beginning to end. I'm saying when you're done, you need to go through the beginning to the end. So many don't read the Bible. Now notice I didn't say 
uh, read the Bible as my main point, but study the Bible, study truth. I'm suggesting that while we read the Bible and reading it is really important that we study it. That's more important that we learn about God and we learn about God's truth and we learn about God's words. And then we can live a fruitful, productive, prosperous life. Right? Listen to Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. I'm only going to read part of it. Do not let this book of the Lord depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Go home and read that verse in its entirety. So we are to meditate on God's truth and study its words. Pause. Reflect. Selah. We study God's words. But it should not always just be random studying either. We are to systematically study the Bible too. Right? Learn the principles of God and learn how to apply them to our life. Systematic studying of the Bible, which is also very often by many called systematic theology. Theology meaning the study of God and religious beliefs with the focus on biblical truth. Systematic theology meaning arranging the information into well-organized groups, categories, and framework. It's basically organizing, uh, organizing the Bible into topics. And studying some of those topics. So let me give you some of them. Angelology, the study of angels. Ecclesiology, the study of the church. Eschatology, the study of end times. Uh, pneumatology, the study of the Holy Spirit. And you can go through, there's so many of these things that you can just group these things and go into them. We also um, need to memorization, have memorization, memorize the truth. Right? We overcome lies through memorization of God's words. Memorize truth. Study the Bible. We break it down into its topics. It's good. But we also need to memorize Scripture as well. We know the truth. And the truth sets us free. And we need to know the truth and be able to recall God's words. But it takes time. It takes more effort than just reading it. And more effort than just studying it. You need to memorize it. You need to be intentional with it and purposeful in that. Now, we haven't started back Bible quizzing. And I hope maybe one day we raise up some leaders that can continue doing it. We've had a great time doing it, but, but we, we have a quizzer in this house that has memorized books of the Bible. And Jonathan, where's Jonathan over here? He memorized the entire book of 1 Corinthians. He also memorized the entire book of John, St. John. And let me tell you, that's not just paraphrasing it. That is if you leave out he or it or the, you're wrong. Memorize word for word verbatim. This takes time. Ask him how he did it. It takes time. It takes a lot of time. This time, we need, to, we need to learn about Jesus, Jesus and his words. We need to memorize scripture. Jesus also spoke about in parables. So I know that there's times that we just don't, we don't have the reading comprehension, right? So what we do is we study by hearing. We study by recording. We study by listening to other things. Learn the parables. Get that in your, in your heart. If you have trouble reading... Go on a Bible app or have someone else read certain verses for you that you want to study and let, and let, them, and let them talk to, your, to yourself. Amen? Yes. Submit to God's truth. Submit to God's truth. What good is having this knowledge if you don't know how to use it? And you can't find it. What good is to know scripture and understand theology and, and even go verse by verse and having all these memories and, and doing this if nothing... Um, if you refuse to follow the teaching. That actually would make no sense. If you have truth, but don't embrace that truth, it can't help you. If you have a cure, but never take the medicine, it cannot help you. You'll eventually end up corrupt and twisted and depraved 
in your thinking. And Jesus says, if you hold on to my teaching, hold on, embrace my teaching, right? You are really my disciples. You will know the truth. And then the truth will set you free. You submit to the Lord's teaching and then freedom comes. You submit and then freedom follows, right? You submit to the Lord's teaching and then it overcomes the enemy. Obey God's words. Submit to his words. Study his words. Don't know it just academically or intellectually. You hold on to the teaching. You embrace the teaching. You believe in the teaching. You study that, right? You submit to it. No truth. But truth is so often twisted. It's a lie from the enemy when it gets twisted. That was meant to deceive you and mislead you and mislead the hearer. It's designed for you to go astray, for you to miss the mark, for you to sin, to take your eyes off God. And this is why God hates it. Proverbs 6, 16 through 19 says, There are six things the Lord hates, seven that are detestable to him, hoardy eyes, a lying tongue, hands that shed innocent blood, a heart that deceives wicked schemes, feet that are quick to rush into evil, a false witness who pours out lies, a man who stirs up dissension among his brothers. Psalms, a Proverbs 12, 22, the Lord detests lying lips, but he delights in men and people who are truthful. But we ought to fix our eyes and gaze on Jesus Christ, who is truth, and then truth sets you free. In John 8, the Pharisees and the teachers of the law asked Jesus, how can you say that we shall be set free? How can you say that we shall be set free? Jesus answers and he says, I tell you the truth, everyone who sins is a slave to sin. Now a slave has no permanent place in the family, but a son belongs to it forever. So if the son sets you free, you are free indeed. Hallelujah. And I know you are Abraham's descendants and we are grafted in. You are ready to, to kill me because you have no room for my words. When you reject and deny God's truth, you are deceived and you start to do all types of wicked, sinful things. In verse 42 of that same passage of scripture, Jesus says, if God were your father, you would love me. For I came from God and now here and I am not come on my own, but he sent me. Why is my language not clear to you? Because you are unable to hear what I say. You belong to your father, the devil, and you want to carry out your father's desires. He's a murderer from the beginning, not holding to the truth. There is no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks his native language, for he's a liar and the father of all lies. Yet, because I tell you the truth, you do not believe in me. Can any of you prove me guilty of sin? If I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe in me? He who belongs to God hears what is said. The reason you do not hear is that you do not belong to God. Wow, that's a serious accusation, especially to the, to the church leaders and the people of that day. The reason why they don't hear from God or God's truth is that they'll belong to God. Which means they're not saved and they're twisted in their thinking. Matthew 6, 23 says, but if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then light, the light within you is darkness, how great. Is that darkness? So I want to encourage all of you to start examining your heart just for the next few minutes. Ask yourself, do I believe in God? Have I received the truth which illuminates the hearts and minds, that illuminates my, my thinking and my inner being, right? Um, do, I, do I hold on to the truth of God that, that leads me to faith and to obedience? If the answer is no, you need Jesus. You need to work your way over to these altars. Don't be embarrassed. If you're here today and you don't know the Lord, take steps. Of faith. Take steps in God. Receive Jesus today. We want to pray with you. We want to give you more uh, attention. If you're watching at home, 
Take a knee right now. If you're driving, pull over right now. Let God speak to your heart. Receive Jesus. Speak to him from your heart. If you do that today, call us. We want to talk to you. Let me address the Christian. Because most people are watching are Christians right now. I hope someday this goes worldwide and the whole world is listening. But for today, this is what we're talking to Christians mostly. Psalms 43 says, why are you downcast? Oh, my soul. Why are you downcast, oh, my soul? Why are you so disturbed within me? Put your hope in God. For I will yet praise him, my Savior and my God. Too many of you are saved, but you're downcast. You have allowed deception to fill your heart and your mind. And even though you're saved, you have allowed certain lies to, to overtake you. To overtake yourself. To overtake, about, about your future. Lies about your future. Lies about your current state of affairs. Lies about the church and the church of God. Churches should be filled across America. Communities should be gathering all across America. Homes should be filled with small groups. Our hearts need God's truth. So many believe in the lies. So many Christians are believing the lies as well. When you receive and believe the lies, they become part of the deception which leads to strongholds. And you need to be delivered from them. At salvation you receive Jesus. But we're also told to renew our minds. Think on these things. Think on things that are excellent and praiseworthy. We need to be delivered from the strongholds. The lies received often lead to sickness and health issues. It leads to wrong thinkings and sometimes even serious mental conditions. Recently I was told about a pastor. A pastor's son who was thinking about committing suicide. And you might say, how is that possible? He was brought up in the truth. He was brought up in God's word. Because going to church is not good enough. It doesn't mean that you have given your life over to Jesus Christ either. Lies received leads to deception and depravity and all types of sin and wickedness. That's the process. That's how it works. And the longer you believe the lies, the deeper the deception, the more twisted that your mind is and becomes. The longer you meditate on the wrong things, the deeper the depravity. But then truth comes in. God's truth is received, destroying strongholds and setting the captive free. And so deliverance and freedom is for both the sinner and the saint. And spending time around these altars are for the sinner and the saint. Just another moment. I believe that the power of God wants to transform hearts and minds today and set captives free. But that's... But that's on you. That's not just on me. You have to seek God. That requires action on your part. Don't allow the enemy to stop you. Don't allow the enemies and the lies to stop you anymore. It's time for our church and the churches across America to start awakening and say, we need to get back to the altars. We need times of prayer and faith and his words and the community of believers gathering together in one mind, unified in praise and prayer and purpose. Amen. So I'm going to invite you to come up if you want to or kneel or stand or whatever you want to do. But don't stay twisted in your mind any longer. Lay it at the altar. Lay it at God's feet. Come on. Stand up, church. Receive Jesus. Receive his truth. And start stepping into the freedom that God has for us. John 3 says, I have no greater joy than to hear that my children are walking in his truth. Hallelujah. Praise the name of God. I love you, Lord.
passionately. We're believing for healings. We're believing for touch of God. We're believing that as we continue to unite in faith and love in the Lord Jesus Christ, things are going to happen. Listen, if you've been living so long with, with deception, with lies, or even lukewarm Christian, being a Christian, listen, stop playing games. Yes. You know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Amen? Amen. Amen. All right. Well, yeah, one more time. that went out, the worship that went up, oh God, Lord, I know it was pleasing to you, oh God. May hearts and minds be transformed by your power. In Jesus' name.